Hey, I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. We are talking food allergies. We are talking cooking in the kitchen with kids with food allergies uh, with my guest, Elizabeth Pecorero. I'm excited. We haven't really touched on this much on the podcast, so this is going to be fun. Uh, Today, I have Elizabeth Pecorero, who is um, not only a mom of two children with multiple food allergies, but she's also a registered dietitian nutritionist, or an RDN. Um, She owns a private practice, Eating Healthy for Life LLC in Westchester, New York, where she sees patients, both adults and children, with and without food allergies. Uh, Elizabeth received her bachelor's degree in business from Binghamton University and her master's in nutrition and physiology from Columbia University. We are also going to be talking about Elizabeth's new cookbook, the Allergy Friendly Cookbook. So excited to dive in more into that as well. I'm hoping uh, we can touch on um, also how parents can navigate food allergies within classrooms when maybe your child doesn't have one like myself, I don't have children with food allergies, but we have, um, I have, my kids are in classes with students. So having, having to navigate that as well. So hopefully we'll get some good tips for you and um, you'll walk away with some knowledge and maybe some ideas for your kiddo who has food allergies or kids that are around kids with food allergies. So without further ado, please welcome Elizabeth Pecorero to the podcast. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. So welcome. I'm excited. We don't talk about this much. I've talked about, you know, food allergies or sensitivities, but nothing like allergies. So this will be fun. Um, But before we do, um, what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Oh, cookie memory. Uh, My favorite cookie by far is a homemade chocolate chip cookie. 100%. That's probably my favorite food. So. (laughs) (laughs) and cookie memories. I think, you know, baking, you know, with my mom when I was a little girl, um, on a Friday night, you know, that's probably one of the best cookie memories I have. And now baking with my kids, allergy friendly, of course, but yeah, I, I, I figured that would fit in well. So, um, you're a mom of two, how old are your children? And then which food allergies do they have? Okay. I have, yes, two children. My daughter just turned 12. And my son is going to be nine in a couple of days. And my daughter has an allergy to peanuts, tree nuts, egg, soy, sesame, chia seed, flax seed, and mustard seed. Wow. And my son is allergic to sesame, pistachio, and cashew. So smaller list, similar foods. How did you find out that they were allergic to these things, was it hopefully maybe just subtle or was it one of those, is it like anaphylaxis? Like, is it, is it that bad? Like what, what, um, tell us, walk us through that. Yeah. So thankfully they have not had knock on wood anaphylaxis 
in their, in their lives and their history. So, um, my daughter, her first reaction was at one year old when she had her first cupcake. It was very subtle. It was from baked in egg. We didn't know at the time what she was reacting to just a, a little rash. I didn't think anything of it continued on with our lives. Then I guess probably a couple of weeks later, I gave her egg and she started having watery eyes and sneezing. And I'm like, that's not, that's not normal. So we called the allergist. Um, we made an appointment before we even got there. I had given her hummus and she had a more severe reaction. Mm. Um, we didn't know if it was the chickpeas. We found out it was the tahini, which is sesame seeds. Uh-huh. So we were lucky that they were mild reactions. And then when we went there, they tested for the top at the time, top eight. And so many came back and it was shocking to say the least, just shocking because we were not expecting that. My son, I knew a lot more before he was born. So we were kind of prepared. We wanted to know if anything was going to happen with him. We just got into the time where they have figured out that early introduction of these allergens are going to help you decrease your risk of food allergies. So he had a reaction to sesame. That's how I brought him to the allergist. And when we were there, the allergist suggested that we test him for peanut and egg specifically. And he had a mild reaction on his skin test to peanut, but they said, you know, he's six months old. We want to give him peanut protein because of the new research out there. Oh. Um, I was terrified, obviously. Yeah, I bet. I was, I was like, okay, let's just. Great. Yeah, you're going to come with me? Yeah. Right. So obviously yeah. we did it with him in the, in the doctor's office. And even though his skin was positive, he was not allergic to peanut, which mm-hmm. is a very interesting thing. And a good fact for parents to know that those tests are not a hundred percent accurate. So he passed his, you know, peanut challenge, as they say, and we had to give him peanut protein three times a week until the age of five for him to be sure not to develop the peanut allergy and it worked and he's not allergic to peanuts. So that's why his list is less because we started incorporating these foods earlier on. So what is it that, how does one, I guess, get a food allergy? Is it hereditary? Like, do you have history of food allergies in your family or your husband? So, you know, they don't really know exactly what causes food allergies. They know it has something to do with the gut microbiome. So everything has to do with the gut, right? Me personally, I have had anaphylactic reactions to food in adulthood, never as a child. So, but when I'm tested, everything comes back negative. And I haven't had a reaction for, I mean, how old am I now? Over 10 years. So it's this mystery there, you know, so we don't, I carry an, I carry epinephrine. My husband is not allergic to food, but he is, has environmental allergies. So there is some sort of genetic connection, 100%. We just don't know exactly what's happening there. Got it. Yeah. I have more of like, I mean, I live in Austin and everyone says after about seven years, you, you get these allergies. And when I have the sniffles, I've noticed my nine-year-old has the sniffles. And so um, it's more of like the pollen or the cedar around here. Mm-hmm. I have also been tested, but it was, I didn't have any food allergies, dust, horse, I think, which around horses. And I think it was dog and I've had dogs all my life and I was getting very, 
like it's probably from the dander and stuff, but yep. the dogs were really kicking it up and they're like, well, maybe you should get rid of your dogs. I'm like, I'm not getting rid of my dogs. Like this is not happening. So I should figure it out. But, um, sometimes, you know, a Claritin will help or, you know, I'll suffer real bad and it's terrible. And so environmental versus food, I feel like you can't, you, you have like the watery eyes and the sniffles when you have environmental with allergies, with the food, you could really, you know, swell up and your throat yep. and you know, it's more dangerous, I believe. Yeah. It can be life-threatening. Yeah. That's, absolutely. that's, that's the difference. So yes. So how do you navigate that? Um, you're a nutritionist where you were already in that trade before you had children. So I was, yes, I was a dietitian before I had children. Was I focusing on food allergies? No. I was not focusing on food allergies. You know, when you have kids, everything changes as, as you know, so, um, your passions change. I always loved health and nutrition, of course, but then when both of my children had multiple food allergies, I knew that I could help others who were dealing with this and not only focus on the safety of food, but also get in the healthy foods into the children, especially with multiple food allergies. When you're taking so many foods away from a child, the nutrients are taken away at the same time. Right. So you have to find substitutions. And um, if you have a picky eater and they have food allergies, then you have a double whammy. So I work with a lot of patients in that category as well. Yeah, I started researching food allergies. My daughter's... Um got vitiligo, which is something that we've never had in any of our families. And it was a new experience and she got it when she was three and it's been spreading and we've been doing light therapy, but I have investigated the food relationship to it. And I've seen like nightshades can, can make it, you know, flare up and there's some, you know, like it's gluten. I mean, gluten, like I think everything flares up with gluten, but it's hard to decipher whether it's, with you, with an autoimmune, if it's food or if it's, um, something else or stress that might be, cause we were also under a lot of stress at the time. So it was hard to, to distinguish the two, it was, um, by eliminating foods, but she's still stressed. Like, is it yes. you know, no change kind of thing? Um, so the food foods can just do so many things and, um, like gluten and dairy can make you, um, really swollen and bloated and, you know, when you do eliminate it, it, it takes down that inflammation. And then you've got kids that can't have lactose, but they can have milk and they have that, what lactate, I think. Yes. Yes. So that's more, so like you were saying, the, um, it, that's a food intolerance. So, right. you know, a food intolerance, if you're lactose intolerant, you could potentially still eat the lactose, the dairy foods and just be uncomfortable, Um, a stomach ache sticks to the digestive system. Usually when a true dairy allergy is, is very severe um, and again, can be life-threatening. So yes. Yeah, absolutely. Cause that's something that you can like, maybe toleration, like you said, with the gut, maybe it gives you an upset stomach or, um, but then allergy, there's just absolutely no, no room for it. Yes. Um, So you created an allergy friendly cookbook. So How did, obviously we know how this came about with your kids, but, um, what kind of recipes are in there and is it tailored to your kids allergies specifically, obviously, um, the, the things that your children are, are allergic to seem pretty common. Um, so was it difficult to navigate that? And did you add in some extras? 
Yes, we definitely added in extras because as a food allergy family, people tend to feel left out because food is, you know, everything surrounds around food usually, social gatherings. So, um, and, and cooking at home, you know, so obviously. So um, I didn't want to leave as many people out as possible. I wanted to include everybody, be as inclusive as possible. So we did the top nine allergens in the cookbook and then some. So also mustard, it is not a top allergen in this country, but it is a top allergen in Canada and in Europe. So it is also mustard free and we have a chia seed and flaxseed allergy as well. So it's free of those, but it is free of the top nine food allergies. What are the top nine? Peanuts, tree nuts, soy, egg, fish, shellfish, wheat, dairy, and as of 2023, January of this year, um, sesame. So basically all the top food groups in the pyramid when you're taught in the nutrition world, because that was my major as well. Uh, so pretty okay. much all that. <laughs> well, fruits, you know, well, the positive fruits and vegetables aren't in there. True. And, True. and um, red meats, poultry, aren't, aren't in there either. So I always tell people, you know, focus on the foods your kids can have, because when I, when I tell people my daughter's allergies, they go, Oh my, how, what are you going to do? How are you going to do this? And it really was a mind, a mind shift for me and focusing on the food she can have. Cause there are so many foods out there that she can have. Um, and at the beginning, it's hard to see that because you are getting bombarded by all these foods that she can't have that are easy to prepare. Um, and so you have to figure, you have to uh, make substitutions and figure it out. And hopefully I did that for people with the allergy friendly cookbook. So they don't have to, you know, someplace to start. I really wish I had someplace to start when my daughter was diagnosed. Um, I felt alone and I'm a dietitian, So I still was confused about what to do with what to feed her and what to try and how to bake without egg. That was a, a yeah, huge what do you use part instead? of it. We use, um, you can use bananas, you can use avocados, pumpkin puree, oils. In the end of the cookbook, in the appendix, it has a multitude of substitutions for egg and dairy and gluten. So when you're cooking, you can refer to that as well. So there are ways to do it. And now my daughter can have baked in egg, but she prefers my baked products without the egg. So hey. we're trying to convince her to do a little bit more egg because we're climbing the egg ladder right now, which is trying to get her to be able to try egg at the hospital and potentially outgrow because egg is one that a lot of children outgrow. Right. And so I was going to say, so if you can outgrow it, then you can have eggs or, you know, just like a typical, is it the yolk? Is it the whites? Is it the egg as a whole? Yeah, for her, it's both, but, um, some kids, it just shows up the, the white and others, it's just the yolk, but on her testing, it, it, it has both. Okay. Interesting. So how, what are the signs you said rash? I think my daughter, I, at one point had, uh, I think it was my daughter. I have three kids. It's hard. They don't have these allergies anymore. I think there was a sensitivity to cinnamon at one point because I had noticed there was some skin irritation and I was like, it seemed to be like when she was eating, I think I remember what it was, but something with cinnamon in it. And then we kind of cut it back. I've not experienced it now, but what are the signs and symptoms of just either just that parents should look for? Mm -hmm. And I'm talking like minor, obviously the, the extreme we know, like, but, but we can also talk about those as well. Yeah. I mean, well, with an, with a food allergy reaction, any part of the body can be affected. So it's important to know, but the, the minor ones would be, you know, 
a little swelling of, you know, the, uh, some hives say, or watery eyes or sneezing, even a, a, a little sw a redness or swollen in the lips. That's still minor. You know, if you're getting swelling in the throat, of course, then that's not minor anymore. Um, some gut issues, obviously, if they're having diarrhea, there's something going on there that could be an intolerance, but if they're having the rash and the diarrhea, then you're looking more like an allergy, but usually it's the first signs are the sneezing and with yes, yes, yes. My kids both had sneezing. Really? Sneezing, yes. First sneezing and watery eyes. Um, and, and swelling, but unfortunately some kids go from zero to 100 and they can get anaphylaxis immediately within minutes. Yeah. So you really have to be on top of your kids, especially if they have food allergies. And it's important to know that just because your child had a rash the first time they had the reaction does not mean that's going to be the reaction every single time. Usually reactions get worse. Mm -hmm. So you can't assume that it's going to be the same every time. Right. We were, I was talking to a friend too, and I think he knows someone that's uh, allergic to red dye. Yep. And, uh, I think there's one other thing and it's like the amounts of foods out there with just red dye 44 or whatever it is, is a lot. <laughs> yes, red for it, yes. I know. And it was like, I think it was blue. It was any those two dyes that you can find. Um, and so that, you know, it's important to read labels. And so at least you can teach your children how to read labels early. Um, but how, like, but at like restaurants, for instance, you probably have, I mean, they've gotten better. I've noticed that they ask before they start taking your order. Is there any food allergies? Um, so that's always a plus. Yeah, they've gotten better, but it is hard. If you have a nut allergy, they're used to it. <clears throat> but if you have other allergies, you have to be very vocal. And if you have multiple food allergies, I always recommend creating a chef card, which is just a little card, like a business card. And it says, you know, please take into consider, I forget what I wrote on there, but I have food allergies to X, Y, and Z. Um, please make sure none of these are in my meal and it doesn't come in contact. So when a chef or a waiter or a host or a manager sees a food allergy card with a list, they tend to always get the chef out there and talk to you. Um, and they may tell you they can't, they can't serve you safely. I mean, just be, you know, you just want them to be honest with you, Sure. but if it's just a nut allergy, I mean, not just a nut allergy it can be very severe, but like you said, they're used to it. They're usually used to it, at least in New York, again, all across the country, it may be, may be different. Um, but with our, with our multiple food allergies, we, we show them the chef card. Okay. Wow. What a, what a, that's a great tip because yep. hopefully, a, you know, a restaurant would also, you know, forego the sale for safety, yeah. but you know, in New York, there's so many restaurants and chefs in this, yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, all the things, but if one is, you know, limited, I'm sure you also can pack, you know, an alternative meal in case they can't. Okay. You always want to pack an alternative meal. You always want to be ready. Well, we do with multiple. Yeah. With my son, I feel like we can get around it. Two tree nuts and a sesame, we can figure it out. But when you have soy in there, that can trickle on to a lot of things. Um, soy is in a lot of foods. Also, what's the other one? And, and egg is difficult. It's a difficult one. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, there's egg in a lot of things. There's, um, you know, also you have to look at uh, 
sauces you have to look mm -hmm. at dressings and what's included in there i'm sure there's a lot there's a lot of chia seeds and flax seeds now in a yeah, lot of their health foods. food yeah they're mm -hmm. very healthy so they're getting added to breads um, a lot of seeds are getting added to breads lately especially sesame because it became a top nine allergen so now the companies don't want to clean appropriately. This is a huge problem now. So they made it, we were so excited about sesame being declared a top nine. Both of my children are allergic. And then when they did that, the food companies found a way around it by adding sesame flour to their products in order to not have to clean the machines in a certain way. So yeah. So now they what? do that. Yes, it's bad. We're the FDA. Well, not we're trying to work with the FDA to make them, you know, not do that. So now you've just taken so many other foods away from the food allergy community. It's all because it's gonna, you know, increase their spend on exactly. Goodness gracious. Isn't that that's terrible? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Awful. We weren't expecting that, that's for sure. No, but you know, people will do anything to get around. An inconvenience, I yes. suppose, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah unfortunately, wow. yes. Wow. So what are the, um, a couple of recipes in this book and how many, and, and, um, is it easy to cook? Like for me personally, let's just dive in. So cooking, yes. I don't like to cook. I don't have, I'm going to say, I don't like to cook. I, there's just so much going on by the time I have to cook dinner, I'm beat. And I can food prep and all that fun stuff, but then I have to argue with my children about eating it um, yeah. <laughs> or coming up with new things to eat because I don't like, I hate grocery shopping for like one ingredient. So if anything I'm making for the week, I'd like to have like similar ingredients. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of like cook once, eat all week. And they, you know, use the three main ones. Um, but there's not a lot of ingredients in there as well, which is nice. Yes. And there's a lot of substitutions and things like that. So, um, how is your cookbook? Is it kid friendly? Is it just family friendly? Uh, where's it? I mean, obviously it's allergy friendly. Yeah. So, so it has 60 recipes and they're all, they've all been approved for my kid by my kids. So that, and they've obviously been approved by me, a dietitian and a mom. Um, they have a range. So there's breakfast options. There are dinner options, dessert options, and the dessert options are even lower in sugar because when you start taking away gluten, for example, it changes the taste and the texture of a dessert specifically. And so the companies add tons of sugar. So you're taking away the gluten, but you've just made this so unhealthy, even more so than a, in a regular cupcake. So we wanted to figure out a way to make the desserts, you know, dessert-like, but a little bit better than you would find at, you know, the grocery store in a packaged food section. So um, we also have appetizers and sides and soups and very simple. I don't want anyone in the kitchen for hours on end, 30 minutes or less for 99% of these, I think there might be one that takes a little bit longer because it was a butternut squash veggie lasagna, which takes a little bit time to prep. Right. Um, but our favorites are like the turkey sweet potato meatloaf. 
there's always adding some extra nutrients as compared to the, you know, original recipe that everybody would have that has egg. So we chose to put sweet potato in there as a binder instead of egg. It's delicious. I like it 10 times more than the meatloaf my mom gave me as a kid. So um, we love the ice cream recipe in there. It's obviously dairy free. So it's sun and there's no sugar added. So it's bananas and sunflower butter and a milk of your choice, a dairy-free milk of your choice, cocoa. That, that's it. I think a little vanilla extract and that's it. I mean, very simple. You don't have to go to specialty stores. Food allergy families have to search and search everywhere to find the foods that are safe for them. If you have a backyard garden, tons of vegetables in these recipes, you can grab it out of your garden and bring it in. So yes, easy, healthy, delicious simple, kid-friendly, parent-friendly. Love that. And I think it's also just healthy, more healthy because the things that are getting eliminated are, you know, you can get a lot of protein from these things, but you're yep. making sure like you're a nutritionist. So you in dietitian, so you want to make sure that you're getting the full nutrients of them all. Because like you said, when you eliminate things and you're not getting the full, like eggs have a lot of protein in them, yep. but also you know, a lot of fat and um, not minimal carbs, but like it's to supplement those out. I think, I mean, I'm blanking now on what you could do instead of eggs. So you use tofu. Well, that's soy. Soy. Yeah. So it depends on what you're substituting it out. So if you're substituting it out in a baked good, we went over that, right? If you're substituting it out, just taking it out for a breakfast option, then, you know, there's really no substitution. You just have to find other protein things. So for example, maybe a gluten-free piece of toast with, this would be simple. This isn't in the recipe book, but, and sunflower seed butter in the book. I have things like you said, cook once and you're kind of set. So I made um, a recipe with breakfast bars. So a huge thing and breakfast breads. Also, these items are good to travel with because when you're traveling, it's really hard to find everything allergy friendly. So if you're baking these breads in these bars, you can bring along with you and there's added protein to them. We use a lot of sunflower seed butter, which has protein. Pumpkin seeds have a lot of protein. Um, yeah, the, the top allergens are actually very healthy. You know, right. they have tons of protein, they have tons of micronutrients in them. So when you're taking them out, you are missing things. Definitely. Especially when you have multiple food allergies. Absolutely. So I'm sure this book, you've tried to fill them in as best you can. Yes. Um, tips and tricks on how to add more. I didn't know about the gluten. I mean, I know like I've had gluten-free pizza before and it's terrible. <laughs> well, yeah, the job. <laughs> yeah. It's just the consistency and it's just not good. Um, and like you said, it just, it, the molecules are different and, and it takes the consistency. So I didn't realize that they would add more sugar into these products, which essentially is just not making them when, when I, I used to, um, health coach, right. And it was gluten-free dairy-free and you would bring it back in. So you eliminate it first and see if there was a, an intolerance or a sensitivity to it. And then you bring it back in and, um, you know, everyone's finding these gluten-free options, but the sugar is outrageous or there's things that aren't, it's not as healthy, just like no. uh, health food stores are trying to make their packaging look healthy, but you look on the label and it's terrible. Yeah. 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 You always have to turn it over and look at the ingredient label because they will try to market to you any way they can. 
but you have to look at the ingredients because yeah, they're adding sugar. They're adding a lot more um, oils and fats that aren't necessarily the healthy oils. They're trying to make it taste good when you're taking out certain ingredients, but on the flip side, they're making it unhealthier. Right. I think there was even something, you know, we're talking nut allergy, but for like, if you are buying a nut, you want to make sure that it's in that same nuts oil, not a different oil because it's mm-hmm. just terrible. So why, like why I think it was like peanuts with, uh, was it soybean oil? I think it could be soybean. It could be safflower oil. I mean, there's so many things they had there, whatever, they, like we said, whatever they can get the cheapest yeah, they're going to use crazy. And so have grocery stores, have you heard about like making allergy friendly or allergy free aisles? You know, it's so interesting. So there used to be sections in the grocery stores that were allergy friendly. It made my life so much easier. That has changed at least by us. And they have now put the allergy friendly throughout the rest of the store. Which defeats the purpose. I don't even understand it. Again, now that I'm saying it out loud to them, it makes sense because they want you to go throughout their whole store and not just have that one quick section you go to grab and leave. They want you to walk through and pick more stuff so they can make more money. So (laughs) yes, I didn't even think about that. But so yes, if you're going to the grocery store, you need to take the time. Don't rush, especially if you're in the bread aisle. I always tell people, give yourself time because there's a whole aisle of bread. So much. So much. And you have to look. And I also tell people to research before you go, because you could be in there for hours and hours to find the the right. And you may leave with nothing if you have food allergies. I hate going to the grocery store. I do everything delivery. But then again, if you have a food allergy, you have to, they could, sub- I mean, sometimes we'll substitute things and I'm like, this is not even close. So then you have yes. to you know, hassle almost. So um, I think, and, and it, with the allergy free stuff, it's, let's just say they have a nut allergy, but they put the, they have the sunflower butter in the peanut butter aisle, actually, yep. I think. Yep. What if you, I mean, I know it's all sealed, but if you can't even be around it or like that's, and nut allergies can be pretty severe. Like, yes, it's, it's, great. You know, when you see that, when I see that, at least I go, really, couldn't we have a little bit of a buffer? Chances are nothing's going to happen because like you said, they're sealed and the sun butter facility, at least that we use is not free. So is that one separately and stuff. Of course, when you get to the store, something could happen. There's always a risk, but people shouldn't be, that shouldn't be their number one concern, really. It's right, just right. getting the the foods that are labeled allergy friendly. Yeah. And if it's like fruits and vegetables where they can't come in contact, I mean, there's a lot of fruits and vegetables that can get put in the wrong spots and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure it's, it's, it's risky. So it's probably, I mean, being a parent is already scary enough. Yeah. You want to make sure that they're just going to stay alive and yeah. so then add yeah. in a food allergy to it. Yeah. It's definitely, that's what a lot of food allergy families have anxiety and children have anxiety and stress. And I always talk to them about where they can find support. There are a lot of people that can support them, obviously medical professionals. And also on social media, you can get great information and support on the support groups. Just never take medical advice. I hear, I see people asking for medical advice. I'm like, oh my God, no, don't do that. They don't know. So uh, food allergy moms and dads know a lot, but they're not medical professionals. 
Right. Absolutely. And do you have any tips for like parents like me who have kids that are in classrooms with food allergies? Now there's a sign, but I have to say, like when I went to the parent teacher conference, like last week, um, I saw the sign and I asked because, um, they never told us one day, my son came home and said he couldn't eat his sandwich because it was a nut allergy, but they never sent anything to any of the parents about it, which I thought was interesting. We're at a new school. Um, and, and I was like, okay. And so then I was like, okay, what kind of allergy? She goes, I think he had like Nutella or something. It was hazelnut. And, uh, I was like, well, what kind of allergy is it? Is it like for like all the time? Is it just for snacks? And because you're in a cafeteria where again, we're back in public school, we were in a private school last year. So when there was an allergy, that was it. Cause everyone ate at the same table at public school. I know that there's tables with the certain allergies that they go to, which kind of sucks for the kids, but at the same time it keeps them safe. So there's only so much the school could do, but I was wondering like, there was no details that were given to us. Like, so is it just related to snacks? Like don't have a nut containing like a, a, a snack that contains a nut because you're probably doing it within the classroom, but at lunch, like it's a, you know, free for all. And I can send a peanut butter sandwich. Like there was no directions there. And so I finally asked the, the teacher and she's like, yeah, I don't think it's that severe, but they make me put, I'm like, you don't think like you're yeah, you have a student a that has a, <laughs> has an allergy from what she understands. It's probably mild. Maybe she's talked to the parent, but I'm like, you should definitely be more educated on that. Yes, definitely. So that's on the school really. That, that's, that's yeah, unacceptable. That's not your fault at all. But so, yeah, I mean, I have so much to say <laughs> about that situation. <laughs> Hot topic. First, no such thing as a mild food allergy, right? Because if you may be mild one time and then the next time it could be not mild, right? So again, I don't know what's happening with that child, but the nurse or the teacher should be sending a note home saying, not commanding or telling them definitely, but we have one or two or three children in our classroom that is alert that are allergic to, you know, nuts, tree nuts or whatever it may be. Do you mind not packing this? Could you please you know, not pack this in your child's snack or lunch. It depends. We do have uh, nut-free tables, but, you know, my children did not want to be separated from their friends. So we had other strategies, you know, sitting at the end of a table. Also, if your child has severe allergies and you don't know if the school is going to be responsive and communicate with <laughs> its parents, you can opt to create a 504. And a lot of people don't know about this. And it is a legal document and it pertains to food allergies. And you could have pushback from the school. I work with a lot of, of, of my clients with this and talk to them what they need to say to the school as well, because they it, legally the school has to go through the steps and has to form the 504 committee and everything like that if you request it. So we did have a 504 for my daughter with the multiple food allergies. We felt it was necessary. We didn't know what to expect. She was our first. The school was great. Um, and we wrote in there, can a note go home to the parents, right? So it, communication is key. With our son, we didn't feel like a 504 was necessary. The school was very... Um, Again, great with us. We had a health plan. But yes, there needs to be communication with the parents. The parents can't know not to send something. And then and then your child couldn't eat. Yeah. 
Well, we had no clue. I had no, and they were, he, I think they were coming, dad had, they had, they were coming back from their dads. And so he had packed the lunch and no one, and I was like, well, did you eat? He's like, well, no, I was like, well, okay. And it was like the first or second week, but I looked through all the emails that I had. And I was like, there is not one email from the teacher, from the principal, from the parents, like letting us know, like I would, I'm very like hypervigilant. So I, if I would have known that my kid had an allergy, I would say, can I please have a list of all the, you know, parents emails so I can send them out an email or would you mind sending this out via email to the parents if you don't want to yeah the the, the teachers to need to yeah the teachers need yeah. to do that on, on our district we're not allowed to get the emails of the other parents uh, that's against the rules so oh, we're not okay. allowed to approach them um the, the note, something in their folders like here's just a little insert can you just put this in the folders to all the parents so then they go home on the Wednesday folders just letting them know like hey this kid has an allergy you don't even have to say who you just say there's a child in this out you know and this is what you know recommendations on what you could pack your kids to be. You yeah, know, absolutely. I mean, you don't share with. Yeah. Well that, yeah, that's a rule. It's so, you know, it's different between every school district, obviously. Right. But there's a no sharing rule in our school district. The kids aren't allowed to share. So it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Kids, kids are kids. You can't catch um, So who knows what's happening there, but you have to, yeah, you, the parents need to explain to their child, don't share with Johnny because we don't know what's in Johnny's granola bar. Um, it could right. be nuts or seeds. Yeah. And that's more for the kid with the allergies, poor thing, like to have more of a, like how tempting it would be and, or just not slip up because we're kids. But, um, I was just shocked to see that, like, when I asked the specifics, they were like, so I was like, does this pertain to snacks? Because I, so in my like brain, I was like, okay, let's not pack. I told my son, I said, okay, I'm going to pack you peanut butter. Cause you're allowed to have it. But that's clearly not going to be the snack you take out because there's a nut allergy. So just use this for it. And I would put it separately in his backpack. So then there's, you know, whatever. But I tried to at least explain to him, like, it sounds like it's just like a, you know, a snack thing, not like a lunch thing. Cause they're going to, you know, do they sit at a different table? And he's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, no, he's well, not. you shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't have to guess. And your son shouldn't have to guess. The school should be crystal clear with, unfortunately, yeah. they're not yeah. And I, well, they're newer school too. So maybe it's just learning, but I came from a, like, we went from a private school that was one class, one, one grade. Right. And every kid knew each other because they just moved to, through the school together. So all the parents knew yes. each other, but there, but like, then they went to like a private preschool, um, which I think all are pretty much private at this point because you paid for them to go, but they had a very strict rule on no outside food. Um, and then they gave us a list of things that we could bring in for like a birthday, but no, nothing home made or anything like that. And they, um, serve like sun butter, um, you know, very, you know, nut allergy specific friendly. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, um, well, where can we find this allergy friendly cookbook and how long has it been out? Cause I'm going to pick up, I'm just kind of just interested in, interested because I need some more, um, recipes, right. Recipes for the kids. Like yeah. my son is a picky eater and every, I think they're bored of what I make. So, <laughs> so yeah, you can find it of course on Amazon. You can find it on Barnes and Noble and on my website, eating healthy for life with a four. You can get it both ways now. So there, yes, because that was causing some problems. So eating healthy for life with a four or F O R either, or we'll get you there. 
Perfect. And is there anywhere that we can watch um, and follow you? I'm sure you probably share a lot on, do you have social media or you have your yeah. website? So I have Instagram at food allergy RD mom. And I have a private Facebook group called food allergy forum that you can come on in and chat with me. And I also am launching a food allergy course on October 30th that kind of talks about everything we're talking about, how to build a 504, how to talk to the teachers. Um, so it kind of has everything in one spot, a one spot shop um, yeah. that parents can go to to get all the information if they're especially new parents that have children with food allergies. For sure. And I um, my biggest takeaways, I think, from this one is the chef card, which is very, very cool. Mm -hmm, and then one. I thought 504 was just behavior and learning disability, nothing for like food. So I, I learned something new on that one as well. Um, <laughs> very cool. And just so if you, if you ask for an evaluation to the school, they legally have to, they have a time limit. I think it's like 15 days to respond. So, yes. you know, just FYI for parents, if you guys are looking at whether that be behavioral or food allergies, um, didn't know yep. you could do that, but that's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, all the you know links and things will be in the show notes. The allergy friendly cookbook is out. Elizabeth Pecorino, Pe Pecorero. Yeah. I can't say it. Pecorino, <laughs> Pecorero. Um, it's it, it's on her website. Go and check it out. Um, if you're in the Westchester area, you know, look her up and ask. You know, maybe you need to go see her for dietitian needs. Why not? Absolutely. I mean, I'm virtual, so I can see people all over the country. That's amazing. Well, yeah. thank you so much for being here and sharing all this. Like, this is a very new topic. Um, and I don't have any, uh, children with allergies, but you know, I hopefully someone picks something up from this episode. So, um, thank you so much for being here and thank you so much for having me. It was great. My pleasure. Thank you. And, uh, everyone who's listening, please go and check out the, the cookbook, the website, everything will be in the show notes. Please reach out if you have questions. I'm sure uh, I we love to hear from you. So please, um, you know, if you have any questions or want some more detail on anything that you heard, please reach out to Elizabeth or myself and I'll get you guys in touch. And uh, we'll catch you on the next episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.